Hello there and welcome to The Writing Apothecary, a podcast with tips, tricks, hacks and information about all things writing. I'm your host, Mandy Contos, and together with some awesome guests, we'll uncover the weird, wonderful and sometimes unpredictable world of writing. So grab your notebook, grab a pen or a tablet, or maybe even just listen and let's get started. Hey Riderly fam, welcome back to the last lesson on character before our amazing guest interview. You're going to love it, I know it. Today we're looking at getting to know your characters and the symphony of method, a term that is coined by the Gotham's Writer's Workshop book. If you're new around here, you'll probably pick up that this is one of the best books out there. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to pick up a copy. It's really good. To craft a believable, fascinating and memorable character, there needs to be a point of where you start with them. Most of the time we create characters from memory and the mind. Characters emerge as a different version of people in your life. This is not to say that your best friend is someone who is going to end up in your novel. I mean, unless you and them stop talking, then it's all up for grabs. I'm not against naming characters after someone who has wronged you and letting something really bad happen to them. But if somebody asks, I didn't say that. In other instances, Characters start with our own qualities and they are a super version of ourselves or a version of us that we wish we could be. It isn't until later that we realize that we can most definitely be that kind of person that they are without having to try. Naturally, we all evolve. Characters have to evolve as well. Basing characters on people that you know and sticking to their nuances just means that you're writing your story about them and not about your characters. Doesn't give you a lot of room to move with the characters or their ability to grow. It's restricting and not conducive to the story at all. A lot of writers enjoy people watching. I know that I love to make up stories about people on the street or while I'm driving. I think it's fun to think that a person passing by might be juggling four jobs to pay rent or they're an undercover cop who is addicted to narcotics or even that they'd be a great fit to be the one who saved the world when there are monsters lurking at every corner. The inspiration for your characters doesn't have to be something that you know from the get-go. You can write your characters and watch them evolve right in front of your eyes. I'm in the process of fleshing out the other narrator in my story and I'm finding more about her just by writing her. And while this is like my sixth draft with Lucy at the helm, this is the first with Nefertiti. I'm learning more about her as I write and as I do, I want to go back and flesh out her chapters because they are quite small in comparison, but this is the natural ebb and flow of what happens when you are writing a brand new character. And it's really funny that characters do these things to us where we start with one notion about them, but then they turn it on our heads and just write themselves. I really love when that happens because it gives you that natural ebb and flow of what a writer and what your writing process should kind of be like. It needs to be something that just flows quite easily, quite naturally, And when you allow your characters to really shine and don't try and control every part of their story, you actually allow the story to bloom a little bit better than what it would with you at the helm and holding onto that control. Many books have advice on getting to know your characters and while it's great, sometimes it's not so much. I love that my characters are a blank canvas and I learn about them But my process is to start with that and work forward. For years, when I had a post-by-play role-playing site, I thought that a character bio needed to have as much detail as possible to write a character. And in some instances, especially that one, it did. Because it's not like writing a story where the character revolves and everyone can read it. You're generally writing with one or two people at a time, and while they know your character 
and watch them grow right in front of their eyes as well as your own others around the site don't they rely heavily on these character bios to help them get out for me my characters evolve naturally if i put too much work into them i feel they become rigid and hard to write and if there is something that i hate more than anything in the world it's writing characters that just don't want to play ball with me. There are many writers out there who actually enjoy fleshing out their characters. And some of the things you need to look at are their appearance, background, personality, and primary identity. In the show notes, there's actually a link to a PDF that I've made that will help you fill out your details about your character so that if you feel called to flesh them out, do it. I'm not going to stop you, but I do ask you, don't use it as a procrastination tool because sometimes when you're sitting down and laying all these foundations out to actually write your story, writing out character bios for every single character in your novel is just a procrastination tool. It's stopping you from actually getting down, doing the work and writing and that's not something that we do here. When we're writing we don't pay much attention to the kind of characters or at least in the first draft we don't. We look at the characters on a basic level. Main characters, the background characters or the secondary characters. Sometimes characters who are main characters in our mind turn out to be secondary characters and the secondary characters well they become a really integral part to a story which then means that they actually swap out of being a secondary character and become much of a main character. This has happened to me in many ways it's why most of my novels are actually dual narrators because when they started out they were only supposed to be a single narrator and as the characters in there just took a bigger part and the story evolved I discovered that the characters that I thought were smaller actually needed an entire storyline to theirs to themselves which is where we are at <laughs> if we want to go back to basic terms a protagonist is the main character of a book they are the driving force of the whole story. These are the characters who should be fully formed because the readers are following their story. An antagonist is a person who poses a rather formidable obstacle to the protagonist's desire. And then we go back to the secondary characters that are the support team. In my books, my characters' parents are the ones who are the support team. They're there in the background and that's about it. Although, I am pretty sure that one set of the parents are trying to barter with me for a novella and... I'm not quite ready to get there. But after these secondary characters, we then have our extras. They're the nameless waitresses or waiters, the shop assistants, the hotel concierges. You name it, that is their role and that is essentially their whole identity. They're in there for a snippet of time. They're not there for a deep and meaningful conversation with your character, unless it gives you something more to add to your story. Characters are either coined as rounded or flat. Round characters are the ones that are fully formed and lifelike possessing all of the qualities that we've spoken about so far in our lessons and the flat characters are those that are characterized only by their role or a minor action but it's not necessarily a bad thing if you put too much into them then they have too much emotional weight and it will mislead readers and take away the attention from the, the main characters but it also confuses your readers you don't want them second guessing who is the main character and who is a secondary character because then it gets a little bit messy and there's too many characters on show but with all of this knowledge that we have how do we actually tell our readers about our characters the first thing any any writing teacher will tell you is that you need to show and not tell and you know I'm an advocate for that too because that's essentially what you need. You're drawing this picture up for your readers. You need to explain your characters to your readers and sometimes it does involve doing that via telling which allows people an insight into who they are in a short time. For example, a narrator can tell the readers about a couple of characters who are in the background 
without describing a lot about them. They don't get shown with specific actions or reveal what their physical traits are and that is okay. But you don't want to tell too much as well. It gets a little bit too jolting when you tell too much and your readers will not be interested in the story. This is why showing is such an important aspect not only to a story but it is also applicable to characters. With showing you are allowing the reader to see what the character is all about. You're showing the reader what they look like, what they are doing and the emotions and actions behind them. It's also more engaging and interesting for a reader to read. You're also able to keep the reader's attention when you show because you are slowing down and revealing the character's intricacies gradually. And this is much like real life. You're not about to spill all of the beans about who you are to someone that you've just met. It doesn't work like that. Friends happen because you spend time with them and you learn about their personality and the thing you like and dislike about them. But these are all done gradually. The four main ways to show character traits are action, speech, appearance and thought. Action is in demand in stories because it reveals so much about characters. It is usually the strongest method of revealing who they are. This is because you can show how a lazy character is when they take two days to wash the dishes or empty the overflowing bin. Or whether a character is kind when they get up and give their seat on the train to an elderly person. It can also be smaller in the way that a character touches another or leaves small notes in the morning. While all actions are revealing the important ones often happen in a moment of crisis and that is when you see the true core of a character is and the way that the story is evolving. Speech can tell you a lot about a character. It's in the way people say things, how they say them and what they don't say. This is how you can find out a lot about who they are without a lot of effort. With appearance, there is a glimpse at what the cover to a book can say. It is a sneak peek of what a personality is like. You can draw conclusions about a character from their physical looks, clothing style, gait, and physical expression. The way a character appears gives the reader information about how this person presents themselves and takes up space in the world. Thought is the icing on the cake. It is the part that really allows a reader to take space and feel like they know that the character. It is the part that really allows a reader to take space and feel like they know the character as well as a best friend. It allows the reader to understand what is going on in the main character's mind and gives them that little bit more that action and speech and appearance don't give you. All of these methods come together to make a symphony. It allows the reader to see the depth of a character in the moment-to-moment -moment experience in a story. In real life, we experience all of these at once and our brains just don't register them because we're so used to reading people's body languages and just having those visual cues just happen. And we're so used to seeing that symphony playing out in front of us that it doesn't phase us anymore. They all work hand in hand to give you the best possible story you can give or you can get. They can also work in opposition with one another to an interesting effect. You can't always know what someone will do. Arguments are unpredictable and so are your decisions day to day. Your clothing choices can change as well. Often the truth is revealed about a person when there is a discrepancy between two or more of the methods. Effective writing and especially fiction makes use of all four methods to show characters whether the methods are supporting or contradicting each other. You want to find a balance where you can blend all of them together to get your fully formed character. The important details also can't be hoarded away, but you don't want to overshare at the same time. You get to pick and choose what comes forward. 
most of the time. Sometimes your characters will choose for you. Like I have instances where I found out Lucy hates vomiting almost as much as I do. And Travis, who is a werewolf, has a phobia of horses. Go figure. And will these facts make the book? Maybe. But I know them and that's all that matters first and foremost. So getting to know your character, even though you may not use an aspect of what you know, is imperative to the story. Lastly, characters can't wander around without a name. Names are the most important thing you can give your character. Some of them will come to you with a name and some of them won't. Scrolling the web and looking at baby name websites is something I encourage so you can get a feel for what you really want and what could fit them. But I also really recommend grabbing a copy of the resource book that Sherilyn Kenyon put together. It's called the Writer's Digest Character Name Sourcebook. And it has every possible name you could think of divided into ethnicities. So there's Greek, Italian, Indian, Latin, Russian, etc. But the crowning achievement of this resource and I freaking love it, is that it has suggestions for last names. And these even have the different ways that they present in genders. So, you know, for example, Russian is quite a, has quite a complicated system when it comes to their last names because of the way that they're structured. And it actually breaks it down for you. It also has the names split into female and male names. So you can peruse as you want, but it doesn't mean that your characters have to have a female or male name. You can most definitely have a look and see the ones that are unisex and there's quite a few of them. All of these names also have the meanings next to them which is what makes it just amazing. Remember that names have to fit a character and you get to choose how you want to spell them as well so don't let anybody tell you that you can't spell it a certain way. And lastly you just need to have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Characters are there because they enrich in a story and without them we don't have a story. So I'm going to leave it there because it's a really long one today, but you can just see about how much goes into a character and how you can build it and get to know them and really understand them. Thanks for listening in and let me know what you think about it over on our Instagram, which is just at the writing apothecary. I would really love to have a little bit of engagement and see if we can get a community going because we have so much that we can you know, build on. I really hope you loved learning about character and next week, hold on for our amazing interview. I, I like it's, as I said in the first episode that we had on character, it's about two or three years in the making to actually release this episode. And it is one that I love. So hopefully you guys are subscribing and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm just at Mandy Cont, which is M-A-N-D-I-K-O-N-T, where I put a lot of my coaching stuff and my personal stuff and kind of blend it all together. Until next week, keep on writing guys and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Writing Apothecary podcast. To find show notes and more information, head over to my website, which is just dreamingfullyawake.com slash podcast, where you'll find show notes, resources, worksheets, and more info about the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram by just searching at the Writing Apothecary. I'd also love it if you guys took the time to leave a review or even rate it um, just on your platform. It'll help other creatives and writers find our community and help them get their writing practice and their creativity back on track.